This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Earlier on in the program, we were talking about some of the promises made in the throne speech. We opened up the phone lines, got your take on what was said, what you think might happen, what you want to happen in the coming days, the coming weeks. But now we are going to focus on transportation and what that might look like. And Linda Hepner, the mayor of Surrey, joins us on the line. Mayor Hepner, thank you so much for being here. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. Uh, in the throne speech, we heard from Christy Clark uh, that the Liberals would as quickly as possible now get rid of the tolls on the Portman Bridge. What is your response to that? Well, I've always been a really strong proponent that whatever happens relative to tolling and the tolling policy, it needs to have some par- some equality and some parity within the region. It needs to be part of a regional strategy, which is uh, why it uh, TransLink and the Mayor's Council, we've commissioned that mobility uh, committee to take a look at how would that play out in a um, in a more wholesome way. Uh, so wouldn't that, if the Mobility Council came back saying we need to put tolls on all of these bridges or we need to put mobility pricing on this, would that not then go against uh, this promise to get rid of the tolls as quickly as possible? I would think it would be part of a broader strategy that doesn't specifically say we're going to toll uh, only the bridges south of the Fraser. I would think it probably will come back with various recommendations, whether it be uh, related to the timing of your travel or whether it be related to uh, the goods movement in terms of uh, off-peak hours or or distance travel or, or I uh, suppose, crossing travels. But it will be something that considers all options. The, the re- removal of tolls entirely on our bridges the one thing that uh, is very worrisome for uh, for both Transnic and the Mayor's Council is the fact that the funding for the Patello Bridge, which is the most urgently required capital expenditure, was all based on an expectation of tolls. So how that bridge will now be funded and to move forward with the uh, design and construction of that bridge is, is really now at uh, the stage of urgency. And so what happens then? How do we find out how that bridge will be funded? Well, as soon as we have a government in place, we will be able to make some uh, uh, advocacy efforts and we'll, we'll work very quickly with the province because that is the one that is, uh, that is most urgent. We have spent, I think it was $150 million um, doing bridge and deck repairs just recently when we had that uh, uh, closure a year ago, and we're continuing to spend money doing deck repairs. We know that that bridge has a lifespan uh, that will, um, by the end of 22, we'll have to look at full, we we have to have a new bridge in place by 2023, or that bridge will fundamentally, uh, we'd have to look at at, uh, the option of closing it. Which uh, I would imagine by that point as well, there's going to be more people on the roads. That's not going to be an incredibly popular option. Well, Joe, we've got what we're expecting to see a million more people here by by twenty uh, in the next forty years. Uh, we have got to be planning for how we're going to move them around and make sure that this area still remains livable. And certainly a new bridge is going to be part of that equation. Uh, How did the bridge get to this stage? We're looking at a span that opened uh, in 1937. It opened uh, just before the Lionsgate Bridge. Yet we're not hearing any of the same things about the Lionsgate Bridge, which opened in 1938. Nobody is saying the Lionsgate needs to be shut down in five years unless it's replaced. 
I, you know, as old as I am, Jill, I actually don't know the answer to that question of why this 75-year-old bridge. It could be, I have no idea, but we know that it has reached the end of its of its lifespan and needs replacing. It, which is, uh, I, I don't know what the, uh, over the course of the decades, what has happened at Lionsgate to, uh, to not make that the same, the same urgency, but we know, uh, and whether it has to do with, uh, earthquakes or, or the way it was constructed, I simply, I don't know the answer to that question. Is it worth looking into? Cause I would find it interesting. I mean, did they use different steel? Did they, did, did, did the builders do, cause you would think there's, there's a certain level of, of acceptance when it comes to materials and building a bridge that a bridge span built in the same year should, bridges built in the same years should probably have the same span, lifespan. It's, it's an interesting question and one I'm sure the engineers could answer. Um, and um, and it, it, it warrants the merit of a conversation, but I don't know the answer. Uh, so what happens now? We we also heard uh, in in uh, the throne speech, and again, who knows what's going to be happening tomorrow? Uh, everything could change again in Victoria. Uh, what do you do as the mayor of of Surrey, a place where you depend on these bridges? People depend on them to get to and from their homes, to and from work. Uh, as far as moving forward with public tra- with 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 transportation, so I think that uh, when you're looking at a regional system, that was why. The mayor's council put together the 10-year plan is that mobility in the region, and it's not just for those south of the Fraser, it's it's how do you get around this region uh, in its entirety. So whether it's replacing a sea bus or whether it's expanding the car fleet with SkyTrain or whether it's defining that you need a new bridge here or uh, that we need LRT because uh, we're serving 500,000 people that don't have rapid transit in their in their area. Uh, all of those things have to come into play, but uh, uh, immediate action to expand public transit in Metro Vancouver, um, and certainly including the Broadway corridor and the Surrey LRT, is is, is absolutely critical to uh, to the livability of the region. Uh, you've been fighting for Surrey, the LRT. Uh, it was part of your campaign before you became mayor as well. Uh, does it not seem a bit? Uh, are residents, do you think, uh, would they be offended by the fact that uh, there there wasn't money, now suddenly this has become a priority uh, of this government? I, um, you know, I I leave that to the public discussion, but I can tell you that I was grateful to hear that there would be no referendum required for any new transit revenue sources, because pushing this, uh, uh, this mayor's council um transit plan has been pretty, like pushing a rock uphill over the last several years. So mo- having whoever forms government move quickly would be a welcome relief. But you said yourself as well, when we're talking about the Patello replacement, that was contingent on tolls. Uh, if the NDP and the Greens uh, do form government and maintain control, they've said also that they're going, well, the NDP at least has said that they're going to eliminate the tolls. Well, if they eliminate tolls, uh, my understanding is uh, um, that there would be a requirement to make whole TransLink in terms of the funding loss that they would be experiencing uh, in the absence of tolls. That's on those other bridges. But what is not re- uh, clear is how would they intend now on paying for the Patello Bridge uh, replacement in the absence of, of a tolling policy.
because presumably the new Patello would not be told either, but that was part of the original plan, wasn't it? It was part of the original plan, and it's a very uh, uh, costly capital project. So that's the one that has the more urgency attached to it. I'm, uh, I understand that either party um, would make whole TransLink in the, for the loss of revenue on the other bridges. Uh, and then there's the contractual issue with respect to, I think it's the golden ears that would need to be looked at as well. But the, uh, the real question is, how do we pay for Patello if there's no tolling? Uh, what about the Massey B- Bridge project? It still has the support of uh, Lois Jackson. She's uh, standing on her own on this one. Do, do you have any idea what's going to happen with that project? Well, I think it was the, the question of we were unaware of sort of the rationale around that and what that means. We have the second largest border crossing in the country, so uh, and it's close to the, the um, uh, Fraser Port. So is there ultimately a need for that? I don't know. I think it was going to bottleneck at uh, Oak Street. So it was a question of how does this, play into what will make mobility easier, because once you land on the other side of the bridge, if you're coming from the border uh, and heading into a Vancouver, I don't know, uh, I think the mayor, I think we would have preferred to be part of that conversation. So uh, I don't know where that project will sit with, uh, with both the Liberals and with any coalition of NDP and Greens. Why weren't you part of the conversation? I... I think that was just the Ministry of Transportation, and I don't know why we weren't part of that conversation. We certainly would have liked to have been part of that conversation. Because it is something, I mean, even though it is something that's in Delta, it is something that will have an impact on other municipalities, other cities as well. It, it certainly will on uh, on the Richmond side, and then uh, what happens with the bottleneck, because we see a bottleneck already, don't we, when you're heading into uh Vancouver, even from the tunnel. So uh, there's a there's a question of how does that mesh with the whole regional system? Uh, you mentioned the Broadway subway as well. Is that do you think the best area to be focusing on when we we look at the Broadway corridor? But also the idea of of there's not a lot of attention uh, moving east, not of a lot of attention moving say from the Fraser Valley into the city of Vancouver, moving even from south of the Fraser, getting people into Vancouver. Uh, whereas the Broadway subway has been dubbed by some as this subway that that goes and ends. It doesn't. It's not part of a continuous track of transportation. Is that the best? Way, best place to be focusing and, be, and to be looking at an extremely expensive project? A couple of things on that. First of all, there's, a, there's this fallacy of, of uh, understanding that everybody coming from south of the Fraser is, is going immediately into Vancouver. And if you really look at where the people are traveling, they're traveling to and fro within our, even my, my own city of Surrey. They're not necessarily all going to Vancouver. They could be getting off in other places. So that uh, south of the Fraser system is critically important in terms of connectivity to where people are traveling. The Broadway corridor, if you look at the actual numbers, I believe has the highest ridership of anywhere in the region. So it is a critical capital project uh, in my mind, and I think it, it's it's um, in the minds of all the mayors. Um front and center in terms of, of uh, 
comparators with uh, Surrey LRT. Surrey LRT and the Broadway Corridor were the two most significantly identified areas that needed critical attention. All right. Uh, Mayor, we were coming to the end of our time. Uh, just to, to go back on the Patello again, so uh, in case people hadn't heard, because uh, I know you talked to, to Jenna Brown about this as well, uh, there is uncertainty there. And you, you really think that there's the possibility that in five years, if there's not a solution found, that bridge will be closed? Well, there, the, we have said that. It, uh, uh, it was a surprise to me that, that that came as a surprise to folk because we have been saying all along that by 2022, we need a replacement bridge uh, open for 2023, or the option that we would have to look at is closing the bridge. Um, we've spent a lot of money maintaining the decks and making sure that it's safe, uh, and we continue to do that, but we can't continue to throw money at a 75-year-old bridge that ultimately needs to be replaced, and that has to happen by 2023, according to our engineers. All right. Well, when you get the replacement or you build it, maybe can we look at getting whoever built the Lionsgate Bridge to build the replacement? Because clearly they, they did a better job back in the 30s. You, you have now raised a question that is uh, on the top of my mind, and I'm going to find out the answer to that question. <laughs> All right. Mayor Hepner, always great to, to chat with you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jill. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. That is uh, Linda Hepner, the mayor of Surrey, uh, talking about transportation, some uh, new nuggets uh, that were released in the throne speech. Uh, I am curious, and I had uh, a listener write to me about this as well, uh, but I am curious because I've talked about this before and looked at this before. The Lionsgate Bridge, it's like this bridge that we never really heard about. Sure, there was the bump on the Lionsgate when they were doing uh, some work on it, but when you think about it, the ice bombs... We don't hear about those on the Lionsgate Bridge. It was built in 1938. Uh, it, there is no talk of shutting down the Lionsgate Bridge in five years because it's reached the end of its life. It's the same age as the Patello Bridge. And the Patello, we're told, it will shut down. It simply cannot go on. It's falling apart. How could two bridges built within a year of one another be so, so different? If you know the answer... Send me an email. Let me know. jbennett at cknw.com. We'll take a short break before we're back with some of your reaction to some of the stories, the various stories we've talked about today. And we'll be back to wrap up the show as well. Stick with us. Vancouver's News. Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.